Armed with wit, confidence, and a melting pot of experiences, we're tapped into the culture and nothing is off limits. This is Malik and Jamal. Welcome to the podcast. April 25th, it is our season finale for Malik and Jamal, season three, a.k.a. The Big Day. How are you feeling, Patrick? Yo, we also got to celebrate that this is one the one-year anniversary of Malik and Jamal. We launched this show uh, May 1st, 2020. Um, lots happened since then. You know, we appreciate y'all for staying with us even when we didn't want to stay with us but you know we're here now feeling good we might be late but we are here thank you all for listening we actually just went through an exercise of re-listening through our episodes and i would like to reiterate what patrick said wow thank you for (laughs) the 10 to 11 of you that have stayed the course thank you so much it has been a painful difficult tedious cumbersome journey so thank you so much for sticking with us i don't know if i would have come back week after week if it was it was just some random ass niggas i don't know so i appreciate y'all yes 100 percent, because it's very clear that certain individuals will agree with you um (laughs) (laughs) so thank you so much for sticking with us since episode one or you know what we don't care when you came as long as you're here quite frankly but we're gonna avoid the very clear sexual window there and go to our first topic of the day. So we were just like tabulating different weird things we can talk about. So first one, the multiverse is in danger. The entire multiverse. This includes image comics. So that would be invincible and all of those cats. That includes the DC universe, Batman, Superman, et cetera, et cetera. That includes the Marvel universe, Iron Man, Thor, et cetera, et cetera. You need a superhero team to save the grand multiverse. Who's on your squad? Now, originally when I posed this question, I was thinking we would both share our list, but I think that's dumb because let's be real. Patrick would be the best person to choose for this question. (laughs) He's the person that makes sure that the business will be handled. The team will handle the business. They may not like each other, mind you. They probably won't. But they will get the job done Malcolm X style, any means necessary. So, sir, break it down. Who's on the squad to save the multiverse? How many people do I get? I was thinking of starting five, but, five? you know. I can yeah. do five. Cool. Do, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Five with a sixth man if you want. Tony Stark, Wonder Woman, Ben 10,000. I kind of want to put, you know, now that you include an Invincible, I'm going to put Adam Eve in there and Wolverine. Oh, okay. So out of all those, the only one that's not like big time, big time or uh, Wolverine. Wolverine's the only one I'm like, huh, that's interesting. I feel like Wolverine from the perspective of like, okay, that's a weird person for like a multi-dimensional threat. But like probably Ben 10,000 is probably the one that people don't know the best. Mm, Okay. Got you. Got you. Well, as we've seen from X3, when you need a nigga to just murk someone <laughs> and survive in the process, Wolverine's your guy. So I'm not mad at that list. Uh, Adam, Eve, and Ben 10,000 are great sort of uh, like more niche choices. I love that for you. See, and like, here's the thing. It took us watching so many episodes of Invincible to even get that. 
like seeing all the matter that she can just create. Mm. Yeah, she she's a dub right there. And then you got Tony and Diana for leadership. And well, you got Diana as a better or more experienced Captain America. And you got Tony Stark. Got you. Okay. I like that squad. I like that squad. I took it from a different perspective because I just didn't want us mirroring each other to that extent. I also made a challenge of not choosing ones you would generally choose. So my idea is to look at it from a sort of what's that team called a Legends of Tomorrow framework. Copy. Get a bunch of young heroes that you can have handle the cosmic threats, but consistently handle the cosmic threats. So then you can also build chemistry over a longer period of time and they can train in how they use their powers long term. So building a squad to handle said issue. So you need a magic expert. I I went with Dr. Fate. If you're unfamiliar Mm. with Dr. Fate from Justice Society, he has a helmet from this, uh, the god of order named uh, Nabu, I think. And um, yeah, he's basically omnipotent (laughs) on the DC universe. The only bad thing you have to worry about with him is that once the helmet, once someone has the helmet, it tends to just take over them for the rest of their lives. But that's fine. You know, it happens. We got to We got We got to save the multiverse, my nigga. I ain't worried about you having your little life. Also, they have a newer version of Doctor. And you can choose from anyone. There's a new Doctor Fate in the Legion of Superheroes comic now. Um, if you've watched Young Justice, I think Zatara's hat uh, has been the source of it. Of course, you have Zatara's the tradition. Dad. Zatanna's dad is Zatara. Got it. Yeah. Why they make their names so similar? Probably just because it's like, oh, my God, that's so cute. But no. It's annoying. Yeah, it is quite annoying. And of course, the DC Universe actually introduced a newer version of Dr. Fate in the modern era. He's like a he's like a grad student. Um, And so I like the fact that, you know, he's a younger guy. But at the same time, you know, I tried to make my team nice and a little diverse, too, because, you know. No, fuck that. We don't we We don't need it for inclusion tonight. Listen, Khalid Nasur, uh, who is Egyptian, actually, and he's a med student living in New York City. He sounds like he's in the Marvel Universe. So you know what? If they got to visit the Marvel Universe, you got your guy. So Ah. Dr. Fate, there you go. Now you need a genius. I went with Brainiac 5 from the Legion of Superheroes. Why? 12th level intellect. That dude is smart, smart, can handle any issue. He has Patrick's same issue of loving to do a thousand things at one time. Ah. Mad intelligent. And I feel like you put him in any situation, he's going to be able to get his information together and get it done. Very similar reason why you would choose a Tony Stark. Now you need a physical powerhouse for the fun of it. Just somebody that's just going to smash thing the smithereens. I'm choosing superhero America Chavez, Miss America. Okay. If you are unfamiliar, she is from the Marvel Universe. She has like this power, which sounds very dumb, but she basically makes star portals into other multiverses. So she can easily travel from any multiverse she what? needs to. Yes. And she's a powerhouse. She can take on actually, I think, Captain Marvel. That's how strong her power levels oh, are. So... You got your physical powerhouse that also can help you travel from place to place. And now we got our cosmic powerhouse, Jean Grey. You pick Adam, I pick Jean. Same choice. Yeah. Especially if you add that Phoenix power in there. Yeah. That Phoenix power you eating. Who going to stop me, huh? To quote Kanye. And then finally, wild card. I just, at this point, I'm just choosing the character. I want to be on the team. Normally, I would choose Ben 10, Ben 10,000. But in this case, I choose my boy Static, Virgil Ovid Hawkins. There it is. Uh, eventually, he's going to grow. You know, he has control over the electromagnetic spectrum, which is one of the four, like, essential forces of the universe. So, you know, consistently having that nigga on the team. Also, he's a likable guy. You need at least one person to just be likable to help the team get along and get together. So that's my squad, Dr. Fate. 
Brainiac 5, America Chavez, Gene Gray, and Static. You can also switch out Static for Blue Beetle as well. I just, you need that like a diverse nigga. No, no, no. Actually, my team's mad diverse. I got an alien from another planet. I got a, a Hispanic uh, bisexual chick on my team. I got, yeah, a white woman that can control the universe. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but she's a the woman. Phoenix, the Phoenix Force is an alien. The Phoenix Force is an alien of color. First of all, white women. Put some respect on white women's names, all right? They count as a, uh, as a marginalized group in our society. Do they not? Continue. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not unpacking the conversation that needs to be had here. Oh, oh wow. Okay, it's crazy that I was the the star of the episode about. You know, I'm gonna leave that alone. Yep. And then, yep. so anyway, adding static is not just adding a diverse nigga. At this point, my team's already mad diverse. I just it add is. a character that I like, and that also is just a wild card. And what I mean by that, just a character that's powerful, but also can like come through the clutch in ways that you least expect. Um. A Ben 10,000 can Ben 10 could definitely be that Blue sure. Beetle can be that static. Can, they're just literally a character that. All right. The chips are down and we just need a win that just comes out of nowhere. Boom. You got your random person that can pull that win randomly out of nowhere um, and can just turn the tides in a way that you least expect. And that's probably the character least expects. And as these characters grow up and get to know each other, they're going to actually create amazing chemistry amongst each other. That's true. And there's no way you have a cosmic force that's going to mess with the multiverse again. Because you didn't trained up these people to work together. No, so yours, yours definitely is ready for like multiple issues. Yours will meet again after the issue. My team, they don't talk for another like 10, 15 years. They don't like each other. Fuck these niggas. They are there out of necessity, and I'm not mad at that. Those are the squads. I feel like, like those I are pretty solid said, squads. I got a meeting. Let's end this. Yeah, yeah. You you ain't got time. You have a meeting in a few. You know, that's why you want to become homicidal Spider-Man. That's I just think that Spider-Man utilizing his strength and speed to the ability of fucking niggas up mm. more efficient save so much more time he could do so much better yeah you want venom symbiote spider-man and that's cool yes. i'm not mad at that you know without the eating the flesh thing yeah i don't want to eat things raw that's where yeah. i draw the line mm. okay you're not trying to do the raw food diet that's crazy i'm good i'm good on to other topics. So in a recent interview between Vlad, if you're unfamiliar, Vlad is an individual that does a lot of like hip hop type of interviews with people. Some know him as a culture vulture. I personally think he's very good at his job and very good at getting information. He did an interview with Michael Jai White, which you are unfamiliar. He is an actor. He is a black man. He is a martial artist. If you saw, I think, the classic Spawn movie, live action Spawn movie, if you've seen why did I get married and why did I get married too? Those are the Tyler Perry films he's been in. Undercover Brother 2. Undercover Brother 2, Black Dynamite, which Patrick and I recently watched. Yes, we did. Yeah, I don't know like what the masses, I don't know if the masses even know Michael Jai White exists. Blood and He was in a movie called Blood and Bone, which was pretty good action film, but oh, I forgot. He was in The Dark Knight. He played a gangster. Oh, yeah, he played the nigga that got hit. Was it the Tiger dude? He played no, Ron not- Steiger in Arrow. Era. Played Bronze Tiger and Arrow. He also played Bronze Tiger in a recent animated Batman movie that's kind of based on like the Kung Fu era craze in the 70s, 80s. And then he also played, I think, Gambit in not Gambit that we know, but yeah. the a gangster known as Gambit in The Dark Knight. Basically, that scene where the Joker, spoiler alert, the scene where the Joker pops up at the close to the beginning of the movie and he says, I have a magic trick with the pencil and then yeah, kills the dude. Uh, with the pencil, the guy that dies is my, played by Michael J. White. So, unfortunate. 
yeah, black guys dying in the first few minutes. Pretty normal. That's oh, on right. brand for Hollywood. But Michael Jai White. So they were in an interview and they were talking and they were arguing, Vlad and Michael Jai White were arguing about, hey, does money buy happiness? And so I thought that would have be been an interesting conversation for us to have about does money buy happiness to people that definitely have a lot of capitalistic endeavors. I mean, Patrick's seen the vision board. He knows, he knows the vibes. There's multiple studies and things that definitely have different verdicts on happiness and wealth and resources and the eventual plateau that you get to where the incremental increases in happiness due to wealth begin to diminish as you get to a certain point. For you personally, do you think, hey, money definitely buys happiness or no? I think money buys happiness. I don't think it buys joy. And we talked about this before. I think, I think joy is more of a sense of an internal origin, right? Like, I think it's something that you can come, it can come from anywhere, right? It doesn't necessarily need an uh, explicable source. I do think um, probably my ties to religion even makes me interpret the differences between happiness and joy in that way, right? Like, I definitely think that people that aren't as religious as I am or spiritual could definitely see happiness as joy as being synonymous. Just like, I definitely do see a distinction between the two. For happiness, I do think money buys happiness. I think happiness is dependent, right? I think it has, I think it's based on happenings, right? Like, I think it's based on things that are currently taking place in your life. Mm. And so when I think about money, it allows you to control a few of those things, right? It allows certain things to happen or not happen in your life. You can continue to stimulate parts of your brain by buying shit that makes you happy, right? Buying shit that you've always wanted. I think money does provide an opportunity to a certain extent of being able to just enjoy life. Got you. I guess, yes, if you look at happiness as relative, as basically relative spikes, right? Um, yeah. Like spikes of, what is that, endorphins, essentially. I guess money can be a cause of a spike of endorphins. And you have more access to things to spike your endorphins. I guess for me, the issue becomes that when the pursuit of happiness becomes sort of a drug slash addiction. And I mean, we've seen that with multiple things. You've seen it with drugs. You've seen it with like food. You've seen it with materialism. You've seen it with, you know, literally anything. Sure. The pursuit of that spike in happiness. I guess, yeah, money can be a source of attaining more things that will make you momentarily happy if we're defining happiness as a momentary thing. But I almost, I think, in my opinion, I think the pursuit of happiness is futile without joy. It is okay. a game you will always lose without joy. And defining okay. joy as a general state of being, like a level of contentment, satisfaction, sort of a more positive outlook on life, I suppose. I think that the pursuit of happiness without joy is sort of meaningless and it's going to end up, you're going to end up losing. I think if you aren't just generally a person that is appreciative of the world around you. I do think just trying to pursue happiness. It, I don't, I can't imagine someone just pursuing that without joy and being satisfied. I guess. What do you define as losing? Losing. I think it's, it's like, I define losing as long. Okay. I will define exactly what I mean by that. The pursuit of happiness without joy generally means you're going to have to chase happiness sure to create that spike you're trying to imitate the spike anything that you do to pursue the spike 
it's going to have diminishing returns at a certain point. So let's just say it's something like something mundane, like you like to watch TV, for example, right? Watching TV, maybe, or your favorite show may give you a certain type of spike. Eventually, there's going to be a point where that no longer gives you the spike. So you're going to have to pursue more things to get the spike to a point where you're going to need so much that it's no longer going to give you that spike anymore. And so then what happens? You no longer get the spike. And if you are dependent upon that spike in happiness, spike of endorphins, then you're stuck not winning. You're stuck trying to pursue something that you might not be able to find other things to get you there. And so that's why I say lose. There's eventually going to be a point where it no longer does the thing that it did before. Okay. You're going to need something else. And if you don't find that other thing, you're going to be miserable. Unless you are the type of person that does find the incremental things around your life bring you happiness, which I kind of define that as joy, just a general state of contentment, satisfaction outside of those spikes in happiness. Mm, no, okay. I agree with that because I do think I view, I don't view contentment and happiness as the same mm-hmm. or like peace of mind. Like, I think there's a certain level of just, you know, equilibrium that you can meet that you could potentially be joyful within, but not necessarily happy. No, I, I think that's fair. Do you think we are encouraged to pursue one over the other? It was funny. So when I said pursuit of happiness, I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> our country was, quote unquote, founded on that. I think as young people, especially, we are encouraged to pursue happiness. I think joy is an afterthought. Okay. Yeah, I think happiness is the one we're told to pursue, right? Like even working for the weekends or, oh, you work this job, but it affords you doing X, Y, Z luxuries. Even if we look at, you know, musicians and the rock stars and the actors and things of that nature, you know, we always talk about like the the trips they go on and the things they get to do, which could give people joy. Sure. But a lot of that is built upon like this gives me this rush that I need, which I would assume is more happiness than just an overall sense of appreciation and satisfaction. You know, I I would say that joy can occur in any part of life. In any stage of life, right, socioeconomic age, whatever's going on professionally, academically, etc. You could potentially find joy despite those situations. I don't know if I would say the same thing for happiness. So I would do. I think we're programmed to pursue happiness or socialized to pursue happiness over joy. I do wonder what does the pursuit of joy look like? Like independent mm-hmm. of happiness. Because so, I do think that people that have happiness do have joy. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I think they could, but so I'm trying to think of like, what is a way where someone like you can observe someone having just like immense joy, independent of happiness. I think that, well, first, I think there are a lot of books that talk about, even like when they talk about happiness, you know, they talk about gratefulness exercises. They talk about, you know, training your brain to just be grateful or even training yourself to be, I don't even know how to put it, but just almost changing half empty to half full as okay. a mindset generally is what I've seen. Even there were some people I, I remember seeing a tweet once where someone said, yeah, you know, I never knew I was poor 
until, you know, I was around people that weren't. And then I started to realize, oh, wow, like there's a lot of things I don't have or, you know, didn't know I was poor until I started getting on social media more and seeing, you know, all these other things that other people are doing. And now I'm comparing myself to them and trying to do what they're doing and to keep up with the Joneses type of mentality. So I don't know. I, I think without happiness, that's what joy looks like. Joy just looks at being grateful. I don't know. It's, it's, it's sort of inexplicable, but it's just sort of being grateful for every moment. Um, feeling good, uh, which I don't know if that is necessarily happiness. I think we're defining happiness as those spikes. I do think you can have joy without happiness, I guess. I can't. I most certainly can't. Really? I, I couldn't have joy without happiness, no. Okay. The idea of just settling and just doing a thing and never feeling those intense highs, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if it's necessarily settling. I think it's I think joy can also be interpreted as being at peace with the situation that you're in, regardless, you know, whether or not it's in your control. But what if everything in your life, you're just content with it? So I used to pursue this. Right. And for me, it's there's a certain satisfaction I get from being competitive. There's a certain satisfaction I get from accomplishing new things and pushing myself and, and, and those type of things, which I would definitely categorize as happiness. Um, yeah, contentment is not something I want to feel all the time. It's I want that to be my baseline. Sure. But like intense, like happiness, happiness, like those spikes and just endorphins and those type of things, the spontaneity and all that. If you don't have the highs and you're just living essentially like a bland vanilla life for the rest of your life, I don't know that just, that I don't know if there's ever a way that Quentin Hall becomes comfortable with just, oh, my life's just I'm just content. I'm just here. I don't know if I could I could rock with that. Again, I've seen your vision board. I doubt it. <laughs> and how it dramatically changed when you were off to Aruba. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, OK. We're just going to ignore the elephant in the room. This nigga then went to Aruba. <laughs> uh, got a nice little tan out there. I did. You should check out his IG. He's got some fire pics, <laughs> um, some fire captions. This so, man came back all Zen until like 24 hours ago. <laughs> until like a day later. No, yeah. it was it was an amazing time, you know. One thing I was worried about were the birds, because mm. for anyone that doesn't know, I hate birds with a passion. Mm. Yo, island birds are so respectful. They're so hyperactive. They just mm. mind their damn business. They will land on your table right next to your food, mm. and you just kind of give them a look, and they fly away. It's like, yo, my bad for bothering you, sir. Have a great day. And I can respect that. So I realized my issue is not with animals. It is with entitled-ass animals. The privilege, animal privilege, animal privilege. Mm. You like your animals to have respectability politics. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You like your, your pigeons to go to other pigeons like, boy, you better get away from him. Making the exactly. rest of us look bad. Tell, tell your niggas to watch out. So for all the pigeons that listen to the podcast, <laughs> uh, seagulls as well, uh, and dogs and cats, any other animals that you can find in an urban environment. <laughs> uh, Patrick just wants you to respect the space. Be respectable. We want you to use the uh, Bill Cosby pound cake speech way of looking at life. Um, why would you be disrespectful knowing that we're looking for you to be disrespectful? Be extra respectful so that Patrick can be comfortable. 
yeah, respectfully. Exactly. Yeah, appreciate you. But nah, Aruba was amazing. Had a phenomenal time. The weather was great. I got off the plane to I landed in Newark. Uh, bro, it was a forty degree difference. Nigga had a t shirt on. Was dying. They're the freezing my ass off. I'm like, yo, it's April. This is some bullshit. Yes, says the man that has lived in Chicago and New York City for an extended period of time. And then somewhere around there lived in California. So, I mean. Every eh. so often, I just miss California a little bit more. I told you, if California had better public transit, oh, it would be a wrap. Oh, Yo, and they didn't Cal- have fires and earthquakes. That's what I was about to say. Stop. Get their earth from fucking moving. Stop <laughs> letting their shit ignite. And give them, like, some trains that actually go places. Bro. So not L.A. <laughs> so not Los Angeles, in short. L.A. in another dimension. But yeah, so we're going to keep this short and sweet. We just rambling at this point. But thank you all for listening to another great episode of Malik and Jamal. Um, great is subjective. I'm <laughs> trying to be positive. Uh, yeah, thank you all for being here. Because I sure wouldn't be. It's been a year. <laughs> we appreciate y'all. It's been a year. Uh, so please tell us what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see changed. We're already planning some big changes for the next season, but we're like a CW show. We take mad breaks during the year. So, you know, while we're on our break, hit us up. Let us know what's popping, what's going on. Um, Anybody that's lost their lives due to police brutality um, or anything in the past two years um, because of coronavirus and all the other things surrounding it, our hearts and prayers go out to you. Yes. Um, We, our hearts go out to your families. You all are in our hearts and our prayers. So that is the last episode of season three of Malik and Jamal. Random rambling as we started off before. But we actually recognize it's random and should not be indulged to the degree in which we do. We've it. come full circle. We have. Shout out to Big Sean and Diddy and Key Wayne. If you've never heard of the song, I'm not surprised, but it's on the Detroit 2 album. So check it out because Quentin always minding some black business that's not his own. And that's the end of this season. Appreciate y'all. See you next season. Thanks, y'all. Thanks so much for listening to Malik and Jamal, y'all. We make every episode hoping our listeners walk away with a laugh and a new perspective. Hopefully we hit the mark. If you liked what you heard, subscribe to our channel, share our episodes, and follow us on Instagram at MalikXJamal. If you hated what you heard, well, feel free to slide in our DMs and tell us what you think. We don't really give a damn, but sometimes we get bored and need some cheap entertainment. All right, until next time, posse out.